Hi there, this is Watchin, and you are now listening to the I Choose the Ladder podcast, a podcast for black women on the corporate climb. If you listen to the first episode of the podcast, you know that there are two types of episodes on I Choose the Ladder. Three-fourths of the episodes are going to be the interviews with these high-level, amazing black female executives. And then a third of the episodes are like what we like to call our resource episodes, right? And the reason that we have it set up that way is because we don't want you to listen to all these amazing interviews and then become inspired but not have any tangible action to put behind the inspiration. So the resource episodes are really designed to give you the tools that you need to put the inspiration into action. So each episode will talk about something very specific that you may or may not be working on in your career right now, or you could potentially be working on it um, in the future. And so in today's episode, we are going to talk about what I like to call the resume makeover. So whether you are currently looking for another job or you're just trying to spruce things up so that you keep one oar in the water, like Nicole mentioned in episode two of the podcast, I'm going to go through some tips on the things to look at when you are revamping your resume in preparation for your next step. Now, these points are not like the gospel, right? These are just things that I've seen work for, you know, me and my friends and the years that I've been working and also some of the best advice that I've gotten um, as I've looked at, you know, my resume, whether it was applying for business school or for, you know, new opportunities on boards or even some career opportunities, some feedback that I got on um, how to make my resume stand out. And as you all know, I love lists. And so I'm doing this in a list fashion. And I have six things to think about when you are looking at revamping your resume um, to make sure that it is a positive reflection of your capabilities. Point one, the goal of your resume is to be so intriguing that the person on the other end of the table examining it wants to continue a conversation with you, right? So again, your resume is not supposed to be the whole book. It's just like the table of contents and, and some details, um, some relevant details for um, the different steps that you've had in your career, right? And hiring managers don't need to know every single detail on every project that you've worked on. I've seen some resumes that are like four or five pages and people have only been working for maybe five years, which is doing way, way, way too much, right? So when you are looking at your resume, are you picking out the most interesting points um, about you? Are you picking out the things where um, you feel like, okay, yes, this is a must know about this specific job that I, you know, I had maybe a year ago or two years ago or five years ago, right? Or is your resume telling a holistic um, is it giving you enough of the highlights, the spark notes of each of the jobs that you have had over the course of the time to make someone who is making a, a very quick decision, right? 15, 20 seconds of looking at your resume. Is it enough to get them to be like, yes, this is somebody that I want to have a conversation with. If it is not, you have to look at where, what areas you are choosing to highlight on your resume and how it then ties into like your ultimate objective, which is to get a call, to be interviewed, whether it's a video interview or an in-person. So if you don't know if you're doing too much, here's what I would do. And here's like, my pro tip. Um, take a look at your resume, like really sit down and go through your entire resume and ask yourself, if I was the person on the other side of the table who had maybe 25 seconds to look at 100 resumes a piece, 
is this a resume that I'm going to put definitively in the yes, I must talk to them pile? Or is this a uh, maybe I'll come back to it, which they never will, or if it's a definite no? Right. And be honest with yourself. And if it's not something that you think you can do um, because you're too closely tied to the experience or the content that's on there, ask a friend. If you know someone who works in HR or even if you know somebody who hires people as part of their job, have them, you know, take a look at it and say, hey, you 20 seconds looking at this. Is this something that's intriguing enough for this position that you would then feel compelled to reach out to uh, to continue a conversation with this person? If the answer to that is no, then you know that you need to make certain changes in your resume. Because again, a lot of people apply for jobs. Um, we'll talk about you know referral jobs versus internet applications in a future podcast episode. But for this one, again, it, the question that you have to ask yourself when you look at your resume, is there enough here for someone who's hiring for a job to call me for an interview or is there so much information on here that it is overwhelming, right? And like in the 30 seconds, they can't make heads or tails of it. And so even though you are, you are an amazing candidate, they just move on because it's, it's just too much. So again, ask yourself, if I was on the other side of the table, is there enough information here that would make me intrigued enough to call this person in to continue a conversation? The second point is that one size does not fit all. And I know people who try to use the same resume regardless of what position it is that they're applying for. And I am here to tell you today to cut it out. It does not work. It, it simply just does not work, right? And I know it's easier to do it that way, especially if you are applying for tons of jobs, which we will talk about later, but cut it out. It does not work and it does not do you any favors, right? The kinds of career um, experience that you need to highlight based on the type of job that you're applying for varies, right? So if you are applying for positions that are you know, more qualitative in nature or, an analytic or analytical in nature, right, they require you to highlight different things that you did in your previous work experience, right? If you are um, looking at jobs that are more quantitative in nature and you're switching from a job where, you know, maybe you had a hybrid of the two, you choose to highlight different things because the person hiring is going to be looking for specific transferable skills. Um, and so you cannot use the same resume for the, those types of jobs. And it also applies if you are applying for jobs that maybe are above the level that you currently have, right? So when you are at that entry level position and you're trying to move up to, you know, let's say middle manager, right? The skills that you need to, to display that you can, that you possess are different. When you're first starting out in your jobs, most of what you're doing are ta is tactical in nature, right? You get real deep into, you know, figuring out how to balance a budget or you get really deep into, you know, figuring out the documentation and the processes of a certain, of a certain function that you are doing. As you become more senior, so senior manager, um, you know, senior vice president, th that level of your career, what the skills that, that are required are more like strategic thinking and less tactical, and you are looking a lot wider, right? And so people want to know or be able to see that you are able to think big picture, right? Like they don't necessarily care that you can be in the weeds because that is not going to be a core function of your job. And so when you are submitting a, a resumes for jobs, submitting resumes for consideration, you need to be clear on what the the core skills are that are required for that job and then customize your resume so that it is 
able to be seen that you have those skills. Now, what I'm not telling you to do is lie on your resume, right? If you can't do something, don't make it up. Um, but what I am saying is that depending on the type of job that you are applying for, you may choose to highlight different areas of your prior positions over others. Um, again, don't go making up stuff on your resume because you will ultimately be <laughs> get caught because you'll get on the job and you will not know how to do any of what it says that you can do, right? You can lie on paper, but ultimately the truth comes to life, so don't lie. But just know that you need to do a bit of customization based on um, kind of the levels that you are applying for and also the core uh, competencies that you need to have in order to be um, eligible for that position. Point three, it is your responsibility to bridge the gap. And this is specifically for people who are maybe trying to change industries or trying to change functions, right? It's not the responsibility of the person who is sitting on the other side of the table who has 30 seconds, 45 seconds, a minute to go over a bunch of resumes to figure out how your prior work experiences meshes with what they are currently looking for. It is your job to make sure that once once they have looked at your resume and they pair that up with the job description, it is a logical like next step to talk to you, right? Like there isn't a, oh, I know she did marketing, but it wasn't this kind of marketing. We're looking for this kind of a marketer, right? If you know that someone is looking for someone in marketing who has like agency experience doing media planning and you don't and if you have that experience and it's not clear on your resume, that's on you, regardless of if it's a different industry. So whether you did it for, you know, finance and they wanted someone who can do it for entertainment, right? The skills are the same, but it's your job to make sure that the information is clear and that that bridge, whatever, however many bridges you need to uh, between your resume and that job, that you have built the bridge from your resume to that job. So if you go through the job descriptions and you see like, oh, they say that they want this. And in my industry, it's called this, but I did the same thing, just different title. Like make sure that the language matches up so that it's not confusing or, or causing anyone to pause. So part of what you're doing when you're thinking about the content is how do I build bridges from where I am to this job that I know that I'm qualified for, but the language may just be a little bit different. Because I guarantee you the hiring manager is not going, unless you are like, a referral from Jesus Christ himself, right? I don't think that a lot of people have the time. It's not even that they don't want to, just the volume of applications that they have. Most hiring managers just don't have the time um, to spend trying to connect the dots for you. So just make sure that um, your resume, when you are creating the content that goes on your resume, that you are thinking about building the gaps between where you currently are, building the bridge, sorry, building the bridge between where you are and whatever gaps may be in the interviewer's mind about you being able to do this job. So make sure you are speaking in a language that it may not necessarily be um, what your previous job is, but it's in a language where the job that you're applying for, that hiring manager can understand like, oh yes, this means this. So yeah, it makes sense. And so there should always be, if you feel like there's a gap, make sure that you are building that bridge between your um, resume and that gap. And while we are talking about the content that you're going to put on your resume, point four is about structuring your content. I can't tell you how many um, 
resumes that I've seen in the past where the bullets that people choose to include under their um, their jobs are just really flat, right? Like there's it's supported this person. They it's um led this, right? And not to say that there's anything wrong with that, but when you're thinking about the the, the bullets that you add onto your resume. I always advise people that your bullet should be impact statements because at the end of the day, that's what hiring managers care about, right? They care about how you are going to positive, positively impact their business and ultimately positive, positively impact the bottom line for their company in whatever function you are, right? And so what I always say is it should be what you did and if it's a job that's already happened in the past, what that impact was on the company, right? It should be very, very clear. This was what was expected of me. And here's what I delivered. So an example of that, um, from my own resume, it's, um, increased the revenue of the company by X amount in order to secure X for the company, right? It's, it's very clear of like, here's what I did and here's how it helped the company. Or here's how it helped my department. Or here's how it helped my group. Or here's how it helped um, my um, my you know my job or my boss. Right? It's always an impact statement because at the end of the day, you want to show that um, you drive results and results don't always have to be like sales results but if it's client if you're in a client facing business like did something that you do help to increase your renewal percentage for the clients that you have did an ad that you created you know increase the company's social media following by x did a campaign that you create draw in x amount of new clients always think about the content that you are putting underneath your on your resume in terms of impact it's not just for fluff Nobody cares about the fluff. We can all go to dictionary.com, thesaurus.com, and come up with the most eloquent statements. And at the end of the day, it could mean nothing and you could get on the job and be super, super whack, right? Nobody cares about the fluff. What you care about is the impact. What, hi what hiring managers care about is impact. And so when you are structuring the content that, you, that you're going to put on your resume, make sure that the statements that you are putting on there are where you've either had the biggest amount of responsibility or the largest impact. Don't make stuff up, right? If you have not done things, maybe this is an area of opportunity for you where you can look and say, hmm, based on what I'm doing in my current job, it doesn't seem like I'm contributing at a level that's impactful. And so then you can move forward with your manager or whoever to talk about the kinds of impact that you want to make in your current position and then strategize around how to get there. But if you are going to put something on your resume, right, I think the advice is to have no more than five bullet points under your most recent or your longest uh, position that you held. So if all you have is five bullet points, you know, between three and five bullets, you want to make sure that every one of those um, bullets shows impact and shows why you are that person that they absolutely must talk to. If you put a bunch of fluffy stuff, you kind of get lost um, in the it, with the masses. But if someone can see just from looking, like this is just a glimpse at the impact that they've had, they will absolutely want to talk to you because there has to be more because your resume, again, is not the full picture. Point five, remember your volunteer work. I can't um, I can't even count how many times I've had someone who, you know, maybe they've been unemployed for a while or maybe they've just been doing it for so long, but 
they all volunteer. And then when you ask them, you know, about gaps, like let's, so let's say you were unemployed, but for that year you were unemployed, you led, um, a volunteer project that raised a million dollars for a nonprofit that matters. Let's say you led a program, you know, that helped with school retention for children that, you know, for a certain nonprofit, those things matter. And so not to say you have to put every single organization that you're a member of on your resume, because I feel like that helps a little bit, but it's not really showing any, um, kind of involvement above and beyond average. Right. But if you have held, um, leadership roles, in nonprofits that you volunteer for, if you have um, been like key parts of projects um, for nonprofits, whether you are unemployed or still, you know, or still working, those are things that you want to make sure that you highlight on your um, on your resume. And I think that's for a couple of reasons. Once one, it shows that you are well rounded and you care about things outside of yourself. And typically, people who have lives outside of work are bring a richer experience to their work environment because they have things that they care about. They have things that they're passionate about. And so they tend to bring that passion, hopefully to their jobs. Right. So it lets your potential employer know that like, I'm a well-rounded individual. I'm not crazy. (laughs) Uh, you know, I'm able to take on leadership, you know, roles within, um, different, you know, parts of my life. And that paints you in a favorable light because there are so many people who don't have, you know, the time or who just don't do volunteer work on a consistent basis. So if you're someone who is committed to philanthropy and someone who has, you know, taking on additional responsibilities while you were working, um, it is something that you should be proud of and something that you should highlight. Um, and so I would say your, your philanthropic commitments matter. If you have leadership roles in them, that also matters because you can, one, use those people as, you know, character references, um, but you can also show that, you know, you value life outside of work, which I think people appreciate. Um, I also think that for people who do not necessarily have um, leadership type responsibilities at work, this is a way to show a potential employer that you are capable of doing it, even though it's not a core part of your current position, right? So if you um, are maybe going for a higher position, um, you're going, trying to go to the next level, whether it's from like assistant manager to like a full-on manager, this shows that were you given the opportunity, especially if your volunteer work is talked about in impact, like we, like I mentioned earlier, it shows that you are able to handle that level of responsibility and you've been doing it. Um, and so it's not a hard, um, it's not a hard sell for someone. If you have on your resume that, you know, you volunteered for X nonprofit and the fundraiser that you were the chair of raised $50,000 for, you know, childhood diabetes, right? That that matters because it shows that one, you can take leadership, two, you can raise money and you understand, you know, the the impact of revenue and money. Um, but three, that you can, you know, manage a project and you can see it through from beginning to end. And it's something that um it's something that you can do, even though in your regular job stuff it may not have been something that you have been doing. What I will say, though, is what I said earlier. You need to make sure that the information is clear 
and easy for them to find, right? Like, it should not be a, a game of, like, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego or where is Waldo trying to figure out and put the pieces together. Like, for your volunteer work, it needs to be stated very clearly using impact statements what you did and the impact that it had, right? Like, make sure you give, if you're going to include it on your resume, make sure you give it as much thought as you give to your um, your work content. You should pay the same uh, attention to your volunteer content. And my sixth point is do your research. And I've mentioned this earlier about people applying to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of jobs, which I think is just it just doesn't do you any favors, right? If you've talked to anyone who works in HR, especially at the larger companies, they will tell you that the automated filtering systems that they have filter for keywords. And if you are not um, strategic about what you are submitting, your resume never makes it out of the automated system to an actual human to look at the what's on there to make sure that you are even you know, a qualified uh, candidate to be interviewed or moved on to the next step. So it just, it doesn't help you. And a lot of times you are wasting your time. And, you know, based on certain things that may happen, right, it's people refer to it as like a numbers game. So eventually if you're applying to hundreds of jobs using the same resume with no research about the companies that you're applying to, um, eventually it may work. But I just think that it's a it's a waste of your time and it's a, it's a missed opportunity. Um, so what I always recommend is that before you start applying for jobs or submitting your resumes, be very clear on the kind of company that you think you want to work for, right? We all think we want to work for certain companies. And when you get hired, it may not be what you thought it would be, but like that's a whole other conversation. But be clear with yourself on the kinds of companies that you think you want to work for and also the types of jobs that you feel that you want to be spending your working days doing. Be honest about that. And I know sometimes like you just need to get a job to hold yourself over. You just need to get to get a job. Um, but I think, was it Carla? Yeah, Carla mentioned this at the launch event, right? There's a different attitude when you're running from a job versus when you're running to a job. And so you don't want to leave one job that's crazy or or bad or not the right fit for you and then end up in the exact same situation three months from now. And then you're back to starting the whole application process again. Like, just ain't nobody got time for that. It's too much. So what I would say is be clear on the kind of company that you want to work for and the kind of jobs that you want to be doing. And then I would go on the Monsters, the Indeeds, the Glass Doors, and actually print out some job postings for that particular job, right, from a variety of different companies. And match that, not match, but compare your current resume with the the postings that these companies are saying that they're looking for, um, for the job that you want to do. Um, and then ask yourself a few questions. Are, is the language that you're using on your resume the same as the kinds of language that they are using in the job posting? Are there keywords that they're using that you may have said the same thing, but you just said it differently, right? And then alter or edit your resume to that. Remember, again, it is your job to bridge the gap between your resume and this job. So is the language the same? Is the experience that you have chosen to share on your resume in line with what they're saying that they value through what they've shared in the job posting? If it is not, you may want to think about 
if what you are putting forward is what is the best for that specific company or that specific position, or two, if what you thought was a job or the company that you wanted to work for is really that, right? At the end of the day, you have to be able to speak the language, well, your resume needs to speak the language of the company that you want to work for in a way that makes sense for them to understand and, and digest. And so make sure that you are doing your research and your due diligence when it comes to um, the resume and the things that you are uh, that you are putting forward um, so that you don't have to, you, you don't end up in the frustrating cycle of, you know, I've applied to 9 million jobs, nobody's getting back to me. And sometimes it's just like simple tweaks on your resume that will help um, change that. And again, that comes from doing your research and being really clear on what it is that you want and at least based on the public information, what that company is saying that they want. And a really easy way to do that is just compare the job um, postings that you are looking at with um, with what is currently on your resume or what you feel like the highlight of your career has been so far. And then matching up the two to see if it's a good fit. Because what we, I think, a lot of times forget when we are looking at jobs or looking to move or we're ready for that next thing is that it's a two-way process, right? It's a, it's a question of fit. And so figuring out if the fit is there is going to be pretty easy to see when you look at what your highlight and the things that you're the proudest of from the work that you've done in the past versus what a company chooses to highlight and what they're looking for um, in terms of the core, the core functions of the jobs that they are looking for. Now, we've gone through our six points, and I'm going to go over them again really quickly just because I know that I went through a lot. Point one, the function of your resume is not to tell your whole career history. It's to paint a picture that is intriguing enough for the hiring manager to want to continue a conversation with you. Once you get in the door, you can tell it all, but that is not the, the function of your resume. Two, one size does not fit all. So make sure that you are uh, customizing your resume to shore the core skills that are required for the job that you want. Point three, it is your responsibility to build the bridge between your resume and where you currently are and the job that you want. It is not the job of the hiring manager. Point four, when you structure the content on your Resume, make sure that you are using impact statements as opposed to fluff language. Point five, remember your volunteer work. If you have done leadership level work within a volunteer organization, it is valid and it is worth sharing. And last but not least, do your research. Make sure that you are um, looking at this for fit and um, that the companies that you're applying to um, fit what it is that you want to do um, and the kind of company that you want to work for. And a pretty simple way to do that is just to compare job postings with what you've chosen to highlight on your resume. Now, I say all this to say that there are tons of things that are within your control that um, with your resume that, you know, just by taking a few extra minutes um, to spend on creating the resume could make a difference in interviews versus not. And I understand that your resume is a living, breathing document, and I hope that you do too. And so you can edit it as time goes on. It doesn't have to be the same. You can have different versions of your resumes for different, for different things. But again, 
take the time to really think about the function of the resume, what story do you want it to tell about your career, um, and then do the research and spend the time to making sure that it is a good representation of you and, you know, and the work and the contributions that you have made to employers in the past. I update my resume maybe once every six months-ish, and not because I'm looking for a new job. It's just because there are so many things that I do within the course of the year, um, so I want to make sure that I don't forget any major milestones that I've had um, and to try to go back a year, two years, three years later and remember some of the more impactful things that I've done just for me doesn't work. And so I update my resume maybe once or twice a year um, to make sure that the bullet points that are on there are really still the things that I feel like are the most impactful. If you have any resume tips that have worked for you that I didn't mention on the on the podcast episode today, please, please join us in conversation on the Facebook group. It's I Choose the Ladder. We also have our weekly newsletter that goes out. So if you have not subscribed for it, um, go on to the website, ichoosetheladder.com and sign up. It comes out once a week. There's always a contest that's in there. There's some articles that we found interesting over the course of the week. Um, there's also the new episodes, and then there's some content around um, some career-specific topic. So again, thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to continuing the conversation in the Facebook group. Until next time, thank you for listening.